0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Last week, I did uh, an invitation to a conclusion, 2.0, so I had started this, then did this thing, and... uh, and was out several weeks, and wonderful people came and, and took the pulpit and ministered life to us and and everything. But then I felt like I needed to re-energize us over it. And then in the midst of this, uh, and it's been a good thing, not this awful thing, but I've been immersed in being uh, in the digital realm of the media and hearing different things and been reading tons. I've, I've gotten through, believe it or not, in the four weeks I've actually uh, I've actually finished five books. That's how much reading I've been doing, which has been wonderful and really good stuff. But in that, seeing the different challenges and the different things that are being said and everything and the, the reformation of the revelation of who Jesus is and his gospel re-affecting and infecting and setting people free in the body of Christ. Just setting people free over and over and over again. And then seeing old patterns of weird stuff like the, uh, you know, it's almost, I, I would classify it, I, I saw it like this, you know, like the old Star Wars movie, how it started out and that thing, you know, and it and, and it has those big block letters, they say Church Wars, <laughs> you know, and I'm going, ick, and then I have seen and read some really, ick, some stuff, and it wasn't like, oh, I shouldn't have read that, it's just like, how do, how do you do that? How do you, you know, I, and I think for the spirit-filled body of Christ and some of the things I've read, I've gone, I think we've not done the Isaiah thing. I think we forgot the quarry that we were dug from. And uh, I got saved during the charismatic renewal. And for those who are shaking their head like this, remember when everybody thought we were demonized? That we had demons and we were demonized and that that we were these whacked out, narrow little group of people. And then we got accepted and we grew and God did incredible things with us. And now within that we're the ones that are starting, it seems like we're starting to point the finger at different people and say they're demonized. They're doing it and demonizing other people and how can they do that? And I just go, part of me wants to go, these things ought not so to be. And then part of me wants to stand up and defend and go, do you realize what you just said? And you have no support for that? And uh, so if you're reading lots of stuff, and then I, I went, I've gone to a couple of parties and hearing the rumors about New Day and um, even the rumors about my demise, I trust that you know it's uh, highly exaggerated because I'm here as Mark Twain would say. Those rumors are highly exaggerated. And I will tell you this, I'm loving Jesus more today than I've ever loved him in my life. I have a revelation of Jesus that is changing and rechanging and changing and it's new morning by morning. And I have the best life in God. I have the life that I used to preach about. And I want to invite you into that. I want to invite you into what some people call new life in Christ, what some people, like us, call the gospel, what some people are calling the grace movement, and yes, even a little gravy over into the hyper-grace movement, and I don't like that term, but I understand where they got it, both sides, those that, there's one hyper-grace book that's against us, and one hyper-grace book that's for us, And, and that, but... God's doing incredible things in the earth. God's doing incredible things in this earth. Incredible things. I don't know where you're at with the Lord, but listen, one of the things you can do, and I know God always answers this prayer. If you're going through changes or wondering, and you have like, because um, I still have some of them, but the what ifs and what does that scripture mean and all all that, This is a very incredible and safe prayer to pray. It's from Ephesians 1. Oh God, grant unto me that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. That I would get a revelation of who you are. Because it's that revelation of who Jesus is that changes everything about us. And lots of people are different areas of that journey. We're not all in the same place. I loved the way what what Mark said and invited us in. And we've talked about this before, you know, this understanding of being in the radical middle of what we're doing. Well, uh, you know, that's such a strange term. That actually came from a title of a book by a vineyard uh, pastor that wrote about John Wimber. And the title of the book was The Quest for the Radical Middle. And so we've sort of plagiarized that a little bit. We'll take it. Everything's free, so we're we're on a quest for the radical middle of what God's doing in the earth. Last week, I quoted uh, somebody from the first great awakening in America. He was both a politician and a pastor, but William Bradford. And you know, there was a, a revival, a great awakening that was happening in America. And he made this statement. He said, "It's the responsibility of every believer to find out what God is saying to his generation." and get into agreement with it. Now it can sound like a broad and general statement and yet it's this very specific thing that we hear God and don't be against stuff before God. Before what God is doing. So as I was studying this, I want I want to quote somebody a pastor from who's who, who's from Tennessee and, uh, and he'll appreciate me doing this from church. I, I sent him a little note and told him I was going to do that because he wrote this and I went, oh my gosh, that's so good. That's eight sermons in one little paragraph. There is nothing that I have ever experienced that has given me more of a love for what's right than Jesus and his amazing grace. Not fear of punishment, not promise of reward. Not man's approval, not man's disapproval. Nope. Just Jesus and the way he loves me. do you like that? His love sweeps me off my feet and makes me want to live a life that glorifies his name. Not because I have to, but because I am so thankful. I actually want to. Grace. It's simple. It's easy. It's good. And it's Jesus. And it scares the hell out of the devil. Because when we reign, he does not. Then he quotes Romans 5, 17. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. We get to reign in life. 2 Corinthians 5 says, verse 17... If anyone, anyone is in Christ, and I don't know how you feel about that term. Like I used to see that so differently. That In Christ was a religious term to me for years. Did you have that? Like when I would hear those terms, like it sounded something, because I was brought up in, in uh, the charismatic movement, that sounded like some old denominational thing. If I'm going to be... Very brutally honest here. The words, in Christ. Well, when you really understand what in Christ means, (laughs) suddenly it doesn't feel old. It doesn't feel religious. And it is very precious because I see my co-union with him. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And we're joined together. So I read those scriptures so differently now. There's such a, a, a meaningful revelation of it. And such a it's almost the expectancy of miracle because it is. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. You're in Christ. You're already brand new. You don't have to wait to die to be brand new. He made you brand new today. This is a miracle. I, Lloyd A. Reynolds. What's the A for? Arthur! Lloyd Arthur Rindles. I wish I would have changed my name years ago because I didn't like Lloyd and Arthur's not so bad. Lloyd Arthur Rindles is new right now. Forever. That's a miracle. You can get up in the morning, you can look at yourself in that miracle and say, There's a miracle, Jesus. There's a miracle. We're supposed to see Jesus when we look in that mirror. And when he looks back at us, we've become him. We've been made like him. Just stunning to me. I can't get enough of it. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That means they're gone. Behold, all things, how many? What does that mean about your life? Everything, all things have become, not will become, have become new. Brand new. Now, when you got your head in the stool and you're throwing up, it doesn't feel very brand new, and I understand that. Nevertheless, this scripture is true. I'm, we're brand new creations. The difficulty is actually in our thinking. It's stuff that we've been taught, not just in, I'm not talking just about church, but it's, we've been taught a framework of living that actually shuns this very idea that was designed to release into the earth the sons and daughters of God. This very idea is shunned in all of life. We've been taught to live a conditional life with God, both in church and out of church. I'm not just speaking, and I'm not speaking about any one doctrine or any one decision, this or that. I'm not speaking about that this morning. I'm talking about we have learned to live life negotiated, and then we take those negotiated living, and I'll explain what I mean by that, and we've applied it to our spiritual lives in Christ. So negotiated living becomes what theologians would call a casuistic framework from having our relationship with God. And that means whatever circumstance you go through, you find something, a meaning, a spiritual insight or a scripture, and you make it apply to make it be okay and to get God to be okay with you. And it's a defeated lifestyle. Beloved, God's okay with you. You're in Christ. You don't have to negotiate with Him. Because we fall into an error then of going, I must do my part before God will do His part. Have you been taught something along that line? Yeah. Do you know that's not what the Scripture teaches? It's not. Matter of fact, in the 8th century, the church called it a heresy. Scary, isn't it? Well, what then do we say about these things? It's this there is a finished work of Jesus that he completed in you to make you new here. And you don't have to live out with conditions over god's love god loves you unconditionally you don't have to barter for it you don't have to uh, it, it, I, were any of you like this like i'm just gonna be really honest but like if i didn't get my and i'm going back to some of my older days but if i used to get up at 5 a.m so i could make sure that i had an hour quiet time So that I could negotiate with God over what was going to happen that day. I would have never used those terms until I look back now and realize that's what I did. I wasn't doing it out of, gee, it's delightful to get up at five and meet with you, Lord. It never did become a delight for me. I'm not a morning person. Matter of fact, I can't hardly tell. And you remember one thing I prayed during that time. I'm not saying we shouldn't have, you know, strange terms that we use devotional lives with God. But you know, all of your life is a devotion to God. In him, you live and move and have your being. And though it's great if you need the discipline to have a set time to seek the Lord, to worship the Lord, to interact with him, to read your Bible. I think all of that's incredible. Do it. But don't do it as a negotiating point for how God's going to treat you in life. And I did. I have this sneaky suspicion most of you did. And even when you didn't recognize that's what you were doing, I'm kind of pulling back the covers a little bit and telling on you. Was it bad and awful? No, it wasn't bad and awful. It was pointless. Does that I mean it didn't do any good? Yeah, it did good, but not what you were trying to get it to do. Do you get my point? We live this negotiated thing to make sure that we're okay. Because I was absolutely convinced if I didn't pray long enough, I was going to have a hard day and the enemy was going to beat me up. And I wasn't going to get through teaching a bunch of other people. And I sure wasn't going to feel anointed. And I better make sure all that stuff that I did yesterday was covered and under the blood or else. And it's that or else that's just... It's, are you following me? It's slightly, it's slightly off kilter with union with Christ. Living conditionally with God, let me read you a quote. I've been often accused of uh, quoting uh, various people that I didn't quote, but uh, this morning I'll tell you who I'm quoting. And that is Tulian Chibidgin. And this is from his book, One Way Love, and he addresses this issue. And he says, the problem comes as it always does when things fall apart. That whole negotiation thing works really well when it's going well. But when things fall apart, it doesn't work so well. When we can't meet our end of the bargain... For every if you do, there's an if you don't. For every promise of reward, there is the threat of punishment, which is where our anger and our sadness and insecurity and fear rears its head. Round and round and round it goes, but the underlying message is always the same. Accomplishment precedes acceptance. Achievement precedes approval. When the scriptures clearly tell you right now, are you in Christ? I have good news for you today. You're accepted in the beloved. You don't have to negotiate this. You're one with him. uh, Now that's that's the guy who spoke galaxies into being. This goes really your thoughts can go way out there. This is a guy that created all things. This is a guy who came, died your death, raised for your new life, and you don't have to negotiate to be okay with him. You're accepted in the beloved. Now, some people have heard that and said, you're telling people it doesn't matter what they do and it doesn't matter if they're sin. So next week I'll get to all of this about eight statements I want to make about who we are and how we feel about grace and law. But let me tell you something, sin will destroy. I am not saying that. We all know the cases of it. I've had sin do destruction in my life. Have you? Jesus died for that sin. And no matter which way you're coming from, there's still only one answer for sin. Whether you believe, and I'm not going to address that this morning, of that you have to confess every sin to get forgiven of it, or whether all sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven, no matter which way, you can't take care of his sins. Who takes care of it? So, so come on, think, think with me. Is the blood sufficient for all sin? Love the testimony of Gabriel. Love that testimony. If the blood of Jesus isn't sufficient for the worst criminal and the worst act on the earth, then that means that sin is greater than God. You've got to think through this logically. He died once for sin. And it was sufficient, and it has to be, quite honestly, no matter where you land, it has to be powerful enough to do that for the worst of us. And it has to be powerful enough, not just for the best of us, but this, for the people who suffered from the sin. It has to cut all the this is the, the incredible thing about Jesus is when he died, he died for all of it. This is stunningly good news. Because I don't have to live through bitterness and unforgiveness, Then It's for the victim, and it's for the perp, the perpetrator. The worst perpetrator. Most of us are, uh, we, we sort of have a church attitude today that Jesus cleanses us from all the stuff that was done to us. But the greater good news is Jesus cleansed you from all the stuff you did. All of it. I don't know how, how, what you went through in life before being in Christ, but mine was pretty cruddy. And I'm sure am glad he died for all of it. All of it. Even the ones I forgot to confess. And I didn't get them marked down just in time. And had a uh, sign sealed and delivered. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God That his work is greater than ideas about his work. And that it is so sufficient in our lives. And that we don't have to negotiate our life with God. We were designed to live free. We really were designed to do what Paul said. In him we live and move and have our being. It's for you and I, today, right now. Not when I, you know, when I die, I'll be perfect. Well, then death is your salvation. You get the logic of that statement. When, when I die and go to heaven, I'll be perfect. That makes death your savior. I have now, this is a glorious message, I have now received the righteousness of Christ as a free gift. Now? And it covers so many things. The scriptures read differently. Now read Hebrews 11.1. That starts out with, now faith is. Now, faith right present tense. now, now is a now word. Now Now I'm brand new. Uh, I have a good friend that lives down the road for me. He always, when he texts me a lot of the times, and usually when he sees me, he calls me Lloyd Jesus. Now, I'm not the savior of the world, but I am Lloyd Jesus if you can receive it and see it. Noel is Noel Jesus. Jim is Jim Jesus. Now, eternal beings now, reflected with, Jesus said some incredible things about this. I will be in you just as, that means the same as, the Father is in me and I am in the Father. I will be in you. Does that blow your mental circuits? We don't have to walk in shame. And we don't, don't, don't have to walk in negotiating our relationship. It's been settled. It's complete. It's finished. It's done. And when we learn to live in that, here's what I found in my life. I pray differently today. Now remember my devotional time? Now I pray all the time. I'm talking to Jesus all the time. Some of you will go, well, I did that before. Well, do it more then. Do it it more than, and I'm worshiping all the time, but I worship with all music, not just sacred music. Like I can hear lines of music and go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that is so directed heavenward. And it's just like your life, because when you start realizing, you really do, in Him you move, you live, you have your very being in Christ, and then you start praying differently. Just what Mark shared with us, my whole prayer language is different. Do you still ask? Yes, there's a time to ask. But I found I've been doing more of this, speaking to things. Addressing them from a place of authority, seated with Christ. And I start addressing them. Are you seeing all the answers? Oh, beloved, I'm seeing miracles. I'm going to embarrass him. Tanner, stand up. Here's a miracle. Not just that he exists, but I watched God do a miracle this past week. Every door over what he wanted to dream about doing with his life was shut. And I'll let him, I'm not going to steal his testimony, because he has a powerful testimony to share. He wanted to be an Air Force fighter pilot with a reserve unit, very specific. He wanted to fly a particular type of airplane and kept trying to do it. Now, he's had that dream since he was a little boy, not the specific aircraft, but he's always wanted to do this his whole life. And I, I wrote about it in Facebook. I remember the day in Phoenix, Arizona, where we put him to, in fairyland in one of those little merry-go-round things. They'd go around and around for the really little kids. He was either three or four years old. I can't remember the specific thing, but he wanted to get in the airplane one. You know, it had a little shaped airplane box and held on with chains and the merry-go-round went pretty slow because it was for little kids. But I remember the look on his face, and he wouldn't pay attention to mom and dad. You know, mom and dad were going, Tanner, Tanner! He was going around. He was flying that plane, baby. (laughs) He had his eyes straight ahead. He was making sure he had a clear horizon, and he acted like we weren't there. Everything that he wanted fell away. Lost dreams, told no, turned down completely twice, dead, gone. To the point where it was just, okay, God, I thought this was my dream, but okay, whatever you want, that's what I'll do. Thursday, I got to photograph him as he swore an oath. To defend you and I against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And he will fly his fighter plane. And he will have his dream. And that's what God wants for all of us. A miracle of your dreams restored. Even when every answer looks like no, you don't have to negotiate it. Be who you are in Christ. He will bring it to pass. So I'm very proud of my son. I still haven't been able to salute him properly, but I did the other day. Now, that's from my point of view. You should hear it. You need to go to him, and I'll get him to share his testimony. Because it's very powerful. It's very, it's God restores. Put your finger right here. God restores us mentally, physically, emotionally. God restores. God has a good plan. And Romans is true. God works all things together for good. Not for evil, not for bad. In my life, for my good, God orchestrates everything. You believe it? No, I could only hear no. Do you believe it? Yes. <sighs> And you have to believe it, beloved. What's the responsibility that God gave us to do? Do you know what it is? Belief on him who was sent to you. That's Jesus' words, not mine. Our job is to believe in what he's doing. I believe. Do you remember that old movie Hook? Do you remember when Peter had lost his identity, Peter Panning and Peter Pan? Can I use you, Pat? You remember the little boy that comes up to him and Peter Panning's now old and he's gone back to Neverland and he's lost his identity? And the little boy comes up to him and takes his older wrinkled face and pulls back the wrinkles and he goes, oh, there you are, Peter. (laughs) Peter. It was that moment of identification that changed everything and he began to fly again. The Holy Spirit wants to walk up you today even if you're young and pull your wrinkles back. Say, oh, there you are, beloved. Stop negotiating with me. You're mine. Let's go work our good plan. There's your invitation today. Next week, I'll talk about what we're going to do or be as a church. So it's time to put a flag down over all the eh, stuff and so that people can identify and you know. And then we're going to do two things. We're going to begin a journey of teachings that's called the Highway to Grace that will lay out a radical middle for you to walk on. And how this works and how that works. And it's in the, you don't have to agree with me on every bit of it. But we'll go on the journey. So Sunday mornings will look a little bit different, and then we'll do good Holy Spirit interruption times and hear from each other and grow from each other. But we'll go on that journey this year. And then I'd like to invite you, because there is... I'm still naive. I still think it's the greatest good news that I've ever heard in 30 years of being a believer. But uh, we're going to have what I want to call... A midweek time, I don't know where we'll do it. It depends if there's three of us or 30 of us. But I want to do just a Wednesday night, and I don't know whether to do it every other week. I need to hear from you. Grace talks. Not a time of debate. Remember what I said about debating. I don't like debating. Debating says, "I'm, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove it. Dialogue says, that's how you see it. I don't see it that way. And explore and learn from each other. Grow in the knowledge of Jesus and our the grace that he's given us. So I just, I'll just call them grace talks. I'll, I'll come with a couple themes, but you can come with hard scriptures, hard questions. They're difficult scriptures. I'm not the Bible answer man. I don't have all the answers. The person who thinks that they do, I assure you they don't. I assure you. Anybody that thinks that they have an answer... Um, we, don't, we know in part, we see in part, we prophesy in part. I understand. And the understanding I have today is much different than the understanding I used to have. Is that you? So we will grow in it. So however many, there's not going to be, we're not going to do a worship time. There's not going to be a teaching. We'll either take a scripture or an idea or something that somebody else has been learning that they bring that night. And we'll just look at it. We'll do it for about 45 minutes and break and go. So we'll have grace talks where we can come and go, I don't understand that, and I don't follow you when you say that, and I don't follow you when you don't say that. And we can learn from each other. Does that sound good? How many of you would come to something like that? Tonight? Really? You'd come like on a Wednesday night? Okay, you're on. Now, you've got to let me get out of my harness, because everything's hard for me to do right now. And maybe there's other, maybe we can do it quicker and... Maybe if Mark's in town or some other people, I don't, it's, this isn't my show. But we'll do it together and we'll go on a journey together. And we'll, Maybe we'll look at one theme or three themes, but we'll do it. But let's grow. I want to grow in the freedom that has been brought to us in Christ. Can I pray for us? Lord Jesus, I'm thankful that we don't have to negotiate with you anymore. I'm thankful that when you... Got to the end of that life, you said, it's finished, and then new life started for you. Lord, we want to look at our lives and say, it's finished. Now we want the new to begin. Bring an understanding, a revelation of who you are. Because we want to grow. We want to, change. We, want to, we want to see the change that you began and that you gave to us. So help us, God, in Jesus' name. Now may the love of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all throughout this entire week. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you hug each other and go? We're not going to close with worship. Just give each other a big hug. God bless you, saints.